Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. On today's episode, we have Jeff Hickman, who is the manager of Disney College and International Recruitment with the Walt Disney Company. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. It is such an honor. A lot of our students love um, the Disney Company. So um, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to a career at Disney? Yeah, sure can. So uh, again, thanks for having me. It really is great to be here. We have such a, a strong partnership with you and um, it's just it's just good to, you know, especially in the world in which we live today, right? It's just good to connect and and share some stories. So I, I've been with Disney for a little over 21 years right now. Um, started for me, to be honest with you, at a very, very young age. Uh, you know, as a kid growing up, I vacationed in two spots. It was in, and grew, grew up in the Northeast. So it was either the Jersey Shore or Walt Disney World. You know, that was, that was pretty much the extent of it. So I really got the bug pretty early, uh, even before college, to work for Disney. I just thought it would be an amazing place to work. And uh, maybe I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at that time, even through college for that matter, but I just felt that it was the place for me. So, uh, you know, I graduated from a school up in New Jersey, Rowan University with a degree in communications, uh, then went to grad school at Temple University in Philadelphia and earned my, my master's degree in tourism and hospitality management. While I was there, though, is really where I got my Disney start with the Disney stores in New Jersey, because it's, of course, it's the only way you can work for Disney in New Jersey, of course. Um, so, you know, I had a chance to, to get some leadership experience with the Disney stores when I finished up at Temple with my master's degree, you know, literally just kind of packed up and, and moved to Florida and um, was just given a, a wonderful opportunity to be a retail guest service manager at then Downtown Disney, which of course is now Disney Springs. And um, accelerating the story a little bit, I was a retail manager there for a good five years, but during that time did a whole lot of networking with uh, the college recruiting team. And um, back in 04, early 05, was given the chance to come over to that team in a recruiter role where I've really been ever since. So I, I've, I've worn, as I say, many, many different hats in about 17 years or so with this team. And so I've been in various different recruiter positions. I've led different teams. And, and again, today, you know, one of the uh, blessed managers on the Disney College and International Recruitment Team. Thank you, Jeff, so much for sharing your career, growth, um, and background. Now, many of our students, um, they dream about working for Disney and how would it be working for the company and the experience. So could you provide for our listeners, what is it like working for Disney and what do you enjoy most about working for the company? Yeah, as far as, you know, what is, what is it like to work for Disney? And you know, as I mentioned, it's, it is just the, the company I've always wanted to work for. And again, I feel very fortunate to have you know, over 21 years with Disney. It's just, it's a company that's, it's world recognized. It's a brand that millions of people love and admire, whether you work for Disney or not. Uh, it's a global leader in entertaining people of all ages, whether it's in our parks, whether it's watching movies, uh, maybe enjoying programming on ESPN or ABC, uh, watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus or any of the other <laughs> programming they have there. You know, so it's just, it's, it's just such an amazing company. But I think most importantly, you know, Disney is, it's just a company that cares and values about the diversity of its employees. And that is, that is truly special to me. And, and even though it's a big company, 
it, it has always to me felt like a family. So I think as far as what it's like, it's a, a little piece of a little taste of what it's like to work for Disney. As far as what I enjoy the most, there's a few different things. I think, you know, um, I, I, it's the people I think first, you know, I've been, I've been blessed to work with very different and very diverse and dynamic teams over my career and um, have just learned so much from them. So one thing is certainly just this, this, just these amazing professionals that, um, you know, that I've been very fortunate to work with over the year, over the years. Um, our team specifically, we have a motto in college and international recruiting. It's actually a hashtag. We've used it for several years. It's hashtag we change lives. And I love that. I love that. Right. I, I you know, in, in normal times, as we say, in non COVID times, you know, we have thousands of students on our programs. We have thousands of students from your school or, or, or dozens of students from your school on our program at any given time, typically as well. So for many of them, it, you know, it is an experience that that can be life changing in different ways for them. So I find it pretty awesome to play a you know, small role in helping make that happen. And then, you know, the other thing about our team specifically is you know, we are sincerely pushed to think out of the box, to challenge ourselves, to ensure we're, we're doing everything we possibly can to provide the best candidate experience. That's, that's always going to be number one for us. And um, no matter how efficient, no matter how well we do things, we continue to be challenged to just continuously review processes and just make sure we are being as, as great as we can be. And um, I like that. I like that that not resting on our laurels or, or being apathetic in any way, we're constantly pushing each other to be better. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Nothing but the best. Um, hashtag we change lives. I love that as well. Love it. So um, considering that you've been working for Disney for over 21 years, can you share with me what is the best career advice you've received while working for Disney or even prior to working for Disney? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, and I, I've learned this over the years from, from my parents, certainly instilled it in me, mentors in the past as well. And um, it's, it's really, it's going into anything you do, whether it's a simple task, whether it's a responsibility, bigger, broader job, right? But go into it with a positive mindset and approach. And what I mean by that, that doesn't necessarily mean you, you can't be constructively asking questions or maybe you know, constructively challenging a decision. That's a part of it, right? But, you know, I've always learned that, that being thoughtful, um, respectful, being positive on the job really helps you gain respect among your peers and your leaders. And, you know, I, I do think that when I look back on my career, I, I do believe I've been tapped on the shoulder several times um, over the years for new or additional responsibilities because of that personal philosophy. So I think, you know, it's just it's really taking that approach. And if I could, let me just throw in one other thing along this topic. Um, and it's, it's, it kind of goes along the same lines, but with personal growth and development specifically, but it's, you know, adopting continuous improvement as a regular practice. That is something that has always been a motto of mine. And again, I learned from family and, you know, my parents and, and leaders over the years, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been with, with the company or been in your career, you should always look to challenge yourself to learn new things, read articles, you know, take a class, seek out training opportunities, um, you know, just whatever, it, whatever it can to help you grow and make yourself more versatile. Trust me, you'll appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jeff. Um, so 
part of our responsibility um, in the career development office is to not only prepare our students for interviews, but to make sure that they have an attractive resume to our recruiters and our partners. So what are five amazing resume tips to attract a recruiter's eye in your opinion? So I might be a little passionate about this topic. Um, <laughs> so I could have had 30 tips for you, but I will narrow it down. I will narrow it down to five for sure. You know, first and foremost, and this is going to sound so basic, but it's about reviewing your resume with a fine tooth comb and then have someone else review it. And then maybe have someone else review it as well to have that extra pair of eyes. This is where it's great to have your, your faculty advisors, your, your career centers on campus, for example, to assist with this. But at the end of the day, your resume should look perfect. It shouldn't have any spelling errors. Um, punctuation needs to be consistent. It, it does start with these basics because the basics tell a recruiter looking at it that you're a detailed individual. And it also speaks to your personal brand. So I think, I think that's number one. Number two is um, being consistent in starting all of, of your achievement statements. So when I say achievement statements, think of those bullet pointed statements that are below all of your, your jobs and your experiences that you're, you're using to describe what you do. But um, all of those achievement statements, start them with powerful action verbs. Be very consistent there. It is a, it is a pitfall I've seen in many resumes over the years. And here's the beauty of the powerful action verbs. You can go to Google and search resume action verbs and you're going to get a laundry list of them. So, you know, resume is obviously something that's always developing, always changing. And um, that's, a, that's definitely a resource for you that's, that's easily obtained online. Um, you know, one thing on this topic, and I'll move on to number three, is just be cognizant of the tense of those action verbs. Again, this is something I see um, as an error on, on resumes quite often is that if you're currently in the position, then those action verbs should be present tense, right? But if you're no longer in that position, if it was a past job, then those action verbs need to be shifted to past tense. Again, it's, it's, an, it's an error, it's an inconsistency that I see on resumes, and it does kind of go back to the look as well, punctuation, as I mentioned in number one. Um, number three, staying on the same, uh, same topic of achievement statements, you really wanna be thoughtful when, when writing these. This is this this of, of all of my tips. This might be, you know, arguably the most important one. Steer clear of being too general or generic. I think that is that is really really key. Remember, you're 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 telling your personal story on your resume here, so you you want to be creating statements that you know demonstrate really the skills that you bring to the table, but also whenever possible, telling the how as well, telling a little bit about how you demonstrate it. So for example, um, and again, I'm just, I just, I'm just kind of riffing a little bit here, but a bullet point I've seen on resumes, super general, provided quality customer service, very general, doesn't tell me anything as, as a recruiter. And boy, you're not, you're not doing a very good job of, of selling yourself with that statement versus maybe just blowing it out a little bit more by saying something along the lines of providing excellent customer service at a fast food restaurant by performing over 100 cash transactions daily, something along those lines. That statement tells a recruiter more. It tells the recruiter what kind of place you're working in, the volume, whenever you can tell a little bit more detail versus being too general. Um, 
number, I think number, yeah, number four is where I'm at. <laughs> um, under your contact information really quickly with this one, make sure you're listing your phone number and your email address. I've seen on resumes, particularly recently, where one or the other is missing. Recruiters are reaching out to candidates very differently these days. They could be reaching out to you over the phone or on email. So just make sure that you've got both of those. And then the last tip, and, and hopefully I'm not, not going too long here, but the last tip as I mentioned, I'm very passionate about this topic, um, is just around uh, career summaries or summaries of qualifications, those sections that you see on resumes. And again, you can work with your advisors or career center. Of course, you can Google online to get examples of these. I love these. These basically allow you to have maybe three or four bullet points that are very tailored to quote unquote, speak to the skills that, um, that are being sought after in a job that you're applying for at the end of the day. So this is where you're looking at a job description and saying, gosh, these are three or four things that are required qualifications. And I, I've done that. I have examples of that. Well, those are three or four bullet pointed statements now that you can tailor directly to that job posting. So this is a section that should always change based on the position, based on the company that you're applying for. And I will tell you, you know, a well-constructed career summary or summary of qualifications that can be named different things it can really catch the attention of a recruiter and entice him or her to spend more time reviewing your resume and qualifications. It, it really can be a good um, starting point. So um, I've always been a fan of those, particularly over an objective. Um, but those are, gosh, those are, those are five tips. I have so many more. <laughs> <laughs> we love the passion, Jeff. This, those were five amazing tips um, for resume. Could you give, could you share with us some interview tips? for our students and even alumni. And you also mentioned some mistakes that you saw on resumes in reference to students. Could you share any common mistakes for like interviews um, that you've seen with students or even, you know, some recruiters, some recruiters? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. Another another great question. Another one that, that I definitely have some passion around. I, I think for, first, research the company. You're applying for a position, know a little bit about the company for which you're interviewing, right? Um, when appropriate, normally this would be at the end of the interview, you know, when you get that question of, so do you have any questions for me at this time? Have questions in your back pocket, have one or two questions about that company, about its corporate culture. It's easy to research companies online, just going to their website and learning a little bit more about them. And trust me, it impresses recruiters when you're asking questions at the end or tailoring maybe even some of your responses to include a little knowledge about that company. So I think that that would be one. And, and then to the second question, this is one where I see a lot, of, a lot of individuals not doing a lot of homework or research, and it does stand out when you're in the interview. I think number two, print the job description at the time that you apply. And this is where, you know, you wanna not only have a good understanding of the company, but all of us have gone to a job posting and applied and then three, four weeks later, you get a call and you, you get that magical call that you want and that you're being interviewed. And then you go back and the job posting is removed. The job posting, as a reminder, it obviously it tells you what that job is, what it's going to entail, what the day-to-day is going to look like, but it's also going to give those required qualifications. By having that job description, it, it allows you to prep for the interview a lot better. Right. So I, I just think it's critical. Always have that on hand. Um, the, the topic of presence is a big one with interviews as well. And um, it, it's tough. And today, you know, in today's world, it could be literally in person at a desk, you know, sitting on the other side of someone or, you know, more so now than ever before is on video. 
So presence, presence is really important. So when I say presence, think body language, think eye contact, think overall confidence, you know, make sure you're not wearing anything that's, that could be distracting in any ways. Make sure that if you're on video, there's nothing behind you that could be distracting, or maybe you don't have a door behind you where a little brother or little sister could run in at any time. You, you, those are just things that you want to be cognizant of. But, but presence and poise is just so, so critical in the interview. And I know everybody gets nervous in interviews. That's, you, know, you wouldn't be normal if that wasn't the case. But you've got to find a way to kind of curb those nerves a little bit and um, present yourself well. Very important. A um, couple of, just two more. Again, uh, just know your skills. Be fully prepared to effectively share how you've demonstrated them. We all have what we consider our top skills, right? Communication skills, leadership, presentations. I mean, I, we could name a bunch of them off. But you're invariably going to get an interview question that relates to skills, right? And you want to make sure that not only can you say, these are three skills, for example, that I know I'm really good at, but you also want to be able to share a very short story for each one of those on how you've demonstrated them. You're backing it up. You're saying, you know, I have great leadership skills. And here's an example of when I, dem when I demonstrated leadership in a class, in, a, in an organization, at an internship, in a job. And then um, lastly, just along the lines of questions, um, two questions you got to be ready to nail in an interview. First question you're typically going to get is the traditional, tell me about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. It's a 60 second commercial. You know, this is the easiest question in the interview. You would be shocked at how many individuals struggle with this one. They get nervous. It's, it's the first question you get. This is, this is a tone setter in an interview. You really want to you really hit a home run on this. Practice this one. You know this is a question that's coming, so you want to make sure that you're ready for it. And then the other question that is normal, it could be phrased in different ways, but it's, it's the question around, tell me about why you feel you're the best person for the job. What separates you from, from everyone else who I'm interviewing? And my one tip here is just have something, have a response here in your back pocket that you feel might differentiate you from the other candidates. Have thought around that. And just a really quick example with, with Disney. And, and by the way, what I'm about to say, this resonates with me because I've always wanted to work for Disney and love the company. So I certainly have a passion for Disney, but I'll tell you when I've interviewed individuals, you, you would be surprised at how many people tell me that, you know, it's their dream to work for Disney or it's, you know, they're super passionate about Disney. Well, it's great. Say that because we do want to hear that but we're hearing that from a lot of other individuals. It's not a differentiator. So think about some other things about you and the skills that you bring to the table that, that could be different or could be a differentiator. Beth, thank you so much. You were speaking my language, especially <laughs> with all these great tips because you know we prepare students for these interviews, but I think it's always such a, a great to hear it from directly from someone in the industry, right? That this is what they do and what they look for. But the ladies know that one of my biggest pet peeves in an interview is when someone doesn't ask a question. It's like the worst thing ever. Like they could have a great interview and I'm like, do you have any questions? You're like, no. I'm like, what are you sure you don't have any questions for us? So thank you so much for sharing that on um, these great, great, great tips and suggestions. Now, obviously, especially these past couple of years, the social media presence has increased and everyone, you know, they have themselves out there on various different platforms. And we always tell our students to be careful. You know, you definitely want to be out there 
um, and promoting yourself, but still think about, you know, your own brand. So how can someone create a strong social media presence um, or a professional brand using like social media platforms and, and, and being present within those platforms? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Your, your personal brand is at stake with social media and it's a fine line. Um, this, this is, you know, much like you is, is an area of passion for me as well. Um, I think first and foremost, you need to remember that there are many companies out there right now that are looking at social media accounts before making hiring decisions. You know, we, we have, you know, I've, I've read, I've seen many, many examples um, of that um, hurting individuals, not necessarily with Disney, but maybe with other companies. Um, so you, you need to be aware of that, that, that companies are or could potentially be looking at your social media accounts prior to making a hiring decision. So it's really critical to create really a positive personal brand across all of your social media platforms. I know I'm preaching to the choir in a lot of ways, but you really need to do that. And it doesn't, by the way, it doesn't mean you can't have fun with them. That's the whole purpose of social media. You, know, you want to have fun in social media. But, but I will say that really as you're about to post something or as you're about to hit that submit button, I think always have the personal filter of asking yourself the question, will this post be offensive to anyone? And if the answer is no, then you're good to go. If the answer is yes, then you might want to reconsider that post. Um, I will tell you, I, I am a fan of LinkedIn. You know, it's definitely a, you know, a, a great platform, the leading platform with respect to um, creating a, a profile and showcasing your personal brand, in my opinion. Uh, personally, I, I, I do feel that every student should have a LinkedIn profile and, and there are a lot of great resources. Again, as I mentioned earlier, whether it's with seeking advice on interview skills or resume building, it's the same with creating a profile on LinkedIn. If you, if you don't have one and you want to create one, use your, use your advisors, use your career center, use those resources on campus to, to assist you with that. But, um, you know, you'd be surprised who might find you in LinkedIn, for example. It can be it can be an open door in many ways. Agree 100%. And that's something that we preach in our office is to make sure that you have your LinkedIn all set up. We actually even have assignments um, in our classes to have our students ensure that their LinkedIn is ready to go for employers such as yourself. So I'm mm -hmm. very glad to hear that that's something that's of importance to you. Um, so Jeff, is there anything in your career that you would do differently? So this is a, this is a tricky question because I, you know, I've, I've, I've taken, I've taken the stance of, you know, and, and I know this is going to sound like a cliche, but you know, that kind of that firm believer of everything happens for a reason. And um, I, I don't know if there's anything that I, I would say I regret or would do differently. Um, and that doesn't mean that every day is perfect for me. That doesn't mean that I've not had peaks and valleys during my career uh, because I, you, you bet your bottom dollar I have for sure. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I've always taken the stance that if I'm in a difficult period of time or if, if I'm having a, a challenge on the job that, you know, there's always something there that you can learn, things that can, can help you grow. You know, I, again, as I mentioned, I've been very fortunate to have some really great leadership from within Disney over these years. I think we've all had, whether it's college professors or bosses and other jobs or, you know, things where, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're, maybe you feel their leadership skills aren't as great as they could be. But I, I've, I've learned a lot of positives on how to be an effective and inspiring leader from great leaders over my career with Disney um, in, in the longer distant past with other things that I may have done. 
um, you know, I've learned maybe certain situations how you wouldn't handle based on how it was handled by, you know, by a manager. But I, but I do think there's, there's always something that you can learn. So I, I, don't want, I don't want this to come across as if I'm dodging the question, but I do, you know, I, I, I do feel like if I'm in a challenging time, I always try to take the step back and, and say to myself, okay, what, what am I learning here? What can I take away from this? Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I think this next question is very befitting. So who is your favorite Disney character and why? And this one, this is a good question. I um, this is going to surprise everyone because I think when when I get asked the question about favorite Disney characters and you know you, you think well is it going to be Mickey is it going to be Goofy or Pluto or is it going to be one of the more core characters and the answer you know I love all those characters of course but um, Sebastian the Crab and the Little Mermaid is my all time favorite Disney character mm -hmm. and um, I just love him I love his character I love his personality. Um, he is, he is about as real and authentic as, as any Disney character out there. As far as I'm concerned, he's kind of like Ariel's Jiminy Cricket in so many ways. <laughs> and, um, so I, I just, I do. And, you know, he's just very real, you know, he can be a little cranky at times, but I think at the end of the day, he only wants the best for, you know, for Ariel. So, um, you know, I got, yeah, I got to call out Sebastian as my favorite. And I mean, Under the Sea is like one of the all time greatest Disney songs, right? And that's what he sings. So, um, we'll say Sebastian. I love that answer. I am a big Sebastian fan as well, too. So <laughs> now kind of continue in our Disney theme. Where is your favorite place to eat? And what is your favorite ride at Magic Kingdom? And why? All right. So I, um, I've never met a restaurant I didn't like. I do like to eat. So uh, this was, uh, this was a, a good question uh, and a tough one. But I'm going to go with... Um, the California Grill, which is the restaurant on top of Disney's Contemporary Resort, um, great restaurant. I mean, literally, it's one of the best restaurants on Disney property. Really good food, phenomenal service. Um, but if you go there at the right time at night, if you make your reservation and, and align it when Magic Kingdom fireworks are happening, you can literally sit in this restaurant. They will dim the lights. They will feed in the music from the nighttime show at the Magic Kingdom, and you literally watch the fireworks um, outside the window in the restaurant. So I, I don't think, gosh, I, I just, in my opinion, I don't think you can beat that. That's pretty spectacular. So uh, I'll say the California grill, as far as places to eat favorite attractions, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll go old school. There are so many good ones, but haunted mansion is one that, that I've, I've just always loved. Um, it's a classic. It's definitely again, old school. Um, you know, every guest can enjoy this attraction. So no matter what your age, no, no matter who you are, this is one that the whole family can enjoy. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I've actually, I'm a little, little bit of a closet collector of Haunted Mansion merchandise and memorabilia. So we'll, we'll say Haunted Mansion. I love that. That's actually my husband's favorite ride when we go to Magic <laughs> Kingdom. And we actually bought, the last time that we went to Magic Kingdom, a frame, a Haunted Mansion frame with a picture of us. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool. Um, so my last question, or the last question of the um, question portion of the podcast is um, we have two holidays coming up. We have Christmas and New Year's. So what are you looking forward to the most during um, these times and the holidays? Yeah, for everyone, the holidays are obviously a very special time of the year. And um, boy, we've been through so much. Uh, we'll just say craziness in 2020. I know we're all looking forward to turning the calendar to 2021. Um, so really for me, it's about 
being able to unplug, to spend time with my wife and my two daughters, you know, as, as much as I just love working for Disney um, and as, a, as big of a role it plays in my life, what really defines me as a person starts and stops with my family. So, you know, it, it, I'm looking forward to that quality time with them. You know, it's going to look a little different this year because of the pandemic, but I think we'll find ways to have a little bit of fun. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So this concludes our interview portion of the podcast. Now we're going to go right into our game. It's called This or That. Uh -oh. um, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> so just for everyone to know, I will ask nine questions and provide two options. Um, for those questions. And then Jeff will share which option he prefers more and we'll have 10 seconds to answer each question. So you're ready. So the first one is pretty easy. You prefer an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy? I am an iPhone Apple product guy and we are an Apple family as well. So we'll say iPhone. Okay, bungee jumping or deep sea diving? Uh, deep sea diving. I've, I've done neither, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll say deep sea diving. Mickey or Goofy? Mm -hmm. Well, Mickey's the, Mick, Mickey's the boss, technically, so he's my boss. I have to go with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> visit Wonderland or visit Neverland? Um, you know, I like the idea of visiting Neverland. Okay. Hmm. Lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Well, that's tough. Lose the ability to read because I love to talk, in case you didn't <laughs> notice during this, <laughs> this podcast. So <laughs> that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Pizza or tacos? Well, we have a taco, taco Tuesday every night in this house, or every, every night, every week in this house. So um, I, love, I love pizza, don't get me wrong, but we'll, we'll say tacos. Okay, lose your passport or lose your wallet? Oh boy, um, lose, lose my passport. There's, there's more to lose if I lose my wallet. Okay, okay. Um, Superman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man, Spider-Man's a little more versatile. So, um, you know, he, he, I think you know, Superman can fly, of course, he's strong, but Spider-Man is a little more nimble, in my opinion. Okay. Know the history of every, every object you touched or be able to talk to animals? My wife always tells me that I give animals, including our, our, our pets, far too much credit. I'd want to be able to talk to them to see if that's true. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, last one. A rewind button or a pause button on your life? Oh boy. Um, I'd like a fast forward button to get to, <laughs> to, to about halfway through 2021, but that's not the question I'm getting. Um, we'll say, we'll say a pause button. All right. Awesome. That's the conclusion <laughs> of our game portion. You did awesome, Jeff. That was, that was hard. <laughs> And this actually concludes um, the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. We truly appreciate it. This was fun. And it was great learning a little bit more about you. It's such a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. And just want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Be safe, everyone. You too, Jeff. And for our listeners, tune in to another episode next week. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye, everyone.